The Torah tells us that every seven years should be a Shemitah year, a year when we let the land lie fallow and we do not work the land. So count seven, six years you should work the land, and the seventh year you let the lie land, fat, lie, land lay fallow, and that is called the Shemitah year. We, last year, a year ago, just before Rosh Hashanah last year, we did a class where we spoke about the Shemitah year in detail. This Jewish year, which we are ending today, 5782, was a Shemitah year when the land in Israel was let fallow. It wasn't worked the entire year. The Torah then tells us also, at the end of the Shemitah year, we are commanded that all loans that we have are automatically absolved. So if you lent someone money, any money that they owe you is automatically absolved at the end of the Shemitah year. So tonight comes, any loans you lent somebody is going to automatically be absolved. In Hebrew, it's called Shemitat Ksafit. Once the, Shemitah, once the Shemitah year passes, after tonight, if you're a lender and you have loans, the Torah says it is forbidden to go to the borrower and demand payment. Lo yigos, it is forbidden to demand payment from the borrower. Now, the borrower is still ethically required to pay back the lender the money that they owe. And the lender is required to say, I am not required to take it, or you're not required to pay it because the loan was absolved as part of the law of absolving the loans. If the borrower insists, I want you to take it anyway, because ethically they are, they should pay back their loan regardless, then the lender has the right to accept it. But the lender cannot demand the loan and definitely cannot sue the borrower to pay back the loan if the borrower doesn't offer to do so on their own. So not only is the lender has to absolve the loan, they also are forbidden from demanding payment. The Torah tells us further that the lend a potential lender, say the Shemitah year is coming, the seventh year is coming, and you have cash, and someone comes to you and says, I would like to borrow money, and you know that very soon all loans will be absolved, and so they won't pay back. The Torah says, do not hesitate to lend them money. You must lend them money as if there was no absolving of loans. Do not hesitate whatsoever because you're afraid to lose the money. Happily lend the money knowing that the money will disappear because the loan will be absolved and don't worry about it. The Torah says, Hashem will pay you back. God will take care of it. God will pay you back. Do not worry about it. Do not hesitate to lend money before the Shemitah year comes. This is a very powerful mitzvah. It teaches us that we should not credit ourselves with our own talents. If somebody has wealth, you shouldn't say, as the Torah says, don't say that it is my strength and my talents and my smartness that has gotten me the wealth. We have to recognize that it is not you. It is Hashem who has given you the blessing of wealth. He can give it, he can take it. People who are smarter than you, are more talented and worked harder than you, did, weren't given that money. It's nothing to do with your effort, your talents, nothing to do with your work, nothing to do with your smartness. It's all thanks to Hashem. Now, 
Of course, without hard work, Hashem won't give you. We believe Hashem wants you to do your part. And without you doing your part, He won't give it to you. But it's not you doing, it's not your hard work or talents or smartness that gives you the money. Evidenced by the fact that most people who do make money only make money for a short time. And a lot of people then lose the money. Does that mean they don't make money later or don't make as much money? Does that mean now they're less smart or less talented? No. Sometimes Hashem gives them, sometimes Hashem doesn't. It's all His choice. It's all up to Him. So when the Torah tells us that we should not, that when Torah tells us that you should lend money and absolve the loans and don't worry about it, it teaches us a very powerful thing that our financial success comes from Hashem. It all is His. So the money you're giving out, it's God's money. God will take, pay you back. Walk away from it. Don't worry. If He told you He'll take care of it, then He'll take care of it. Nothing to worry. Put your trust and faith in Hashem. I'm going to get to details of exactly how this rule works in a moment. There's a lot more details. So let me first explain all the details, then I'll take the questions. So now, not all loans are included in this rule of Shemitat Ksafim, of annulment of loans. The Torah doesn't include all loans. Firstly, the loan is only absolved if it is already due before the end of the Shemitah year, or before today. If it was due by today, then it is absolved. But if you lend money now, a 30-day loan or a 12-month loan today, the loan is not due for another 30 days. So it is, does not get absolved. The Torah is only absolving loans that are already due. If it's not already due, it won't get absolved. So it's only for loans that are already due. Today, a lot of loans roll over. So let's say credit card loans. If you don't pay your credit card, then they charge you interest. You don't pay your credit card in full. They charge you interest, and then they give you a new due date. So it gets carried over. So you have one due date, then a new due date. So such a loan will never get absolved, right? If it automatically carries over with a new due date and just adds com compounds interest. Um, and that's the way many loans are structured today. So, um, so it's only a loan that is overdue that you are already supposed to pay. Only such loans get absolved. Furthermore, loans that are secured, like mortgages that are secured by property or secured by assets that secure the loan, right? If something is mortgaged or leaned to the loan, then the loan does not get absolved as well. Then there's another exception. The Torah's rule that all loans get absolved are only for private loans owed to an individual. But public loans owed to public entities or communities do not get absolved. It's only private loans that are owed to private people that get absolved. Public loans do not get absolved. Hillel the Elder was a great, Hillel Hazaken was a great sage. We did a class about him a few months ago. He was a great sage who lived towards the end of the Second Temple era or the first century BCE. So just over 2,000 years ago. And he saw that people didn't, were not, the Shemitah year was approaching 
And people were not lending each other money because they were afraid to lose money. They were afraid if they lend money to those that need loans, they would lose the loan if it's not paid back. And so people were afraid to lend money. They were transgressing the command of the Torah, one of our 613 commandments, not to avoid lending money before the Shemitah year out of fear of losing it. The Torah says, do not be afraid to lend money. Do not avoid lending money. The Torah explicitly forbids them from hesitating to, forbids us from hesitating to lend money. But the reality is that people were ignoring that command and were hesitating to lend money. And so Hillel, who led the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism, they created a prusbal. What is a prusbal? Prusbal is a creative workaround to the law of all loans being absolved. They found the loophole, which until then, the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council, did not allow people to use. But the Sanhedrin, the days of Hillel, said, you can use this loophole to avoid your loans being absolved. What is the loophole? We just explained that the rule that all loans are absolved only applies to privately owned loans, loans owned by an individual. However, if the loan is owned by the public, then the loan does not get absolved. So a person can go to a Beth Din, a Jewish court that represents the, com- the community. And they can hand over their loans, gift their loans to the court, and say, here, these loans are yours, they're now public loans. And then the Beth Din can then say, we now, they're now public loans belonging to the community, we will give you, the lender who just gifted us these loans, we will give you the right to collect these loans on behalf of the community. You can collect them and use the money as you wish. So essentially, the fellow, the lender, can now collect the loans. It's not a private loan. It's a public loan belonging to the community. And they were given permission by the Bethden, whom controls the loan now. They were given permission to collect the loan and use it as they want. So they're basically allowed to now collect the loan. It's no longer a private loan, it's a public loan. That technical difference avoids the rule of absolving the loans. They found a loophole, a way to get around the mitzvah, a way to get around the commandment that all loans are absolved. And so this way, um, we don't have to, your loans don't get absolved anymore, and you can continue collecting your loans. This system, the sages called Prusbol. Prusbol is an acronym for Prus Bully Ubuti, which is Aramaic for a rule for the rich and poor. It's a rule that helps the rich lenders collect their loans, and it's a rule that helps the poor making loans available to them, because without this rule, the lenders, the wealthy, were afraid to lend those in need. Now this rule encouraged the lenders to lend. So it's a rule that helps the rich and the poor. Prus, bully, obuti in Aramaic, a rule for the rich and poor, or in short, prusbol. So it became known as prusbol. Now, 
This proposal is a very, very strange rule. The sages essentially found a loophole that allows people to get around the command of the Torah, a command from God. How can they do that? Is that what God wants for you to find legal loopholes to avoid his commandments? Does he really want us to do that? Even if it's technically legal, is that in the spirit of the law? Should the Sanhedrin allow us, should the sages allow us to avoid the law, take advantage of a legal loophole to avoid the commandment of loans being absolved? Is that really in the spirit of the law? It might be legal, but is that something we should be doing? So the Talmud in Gittin 36a asks this question. How can the sages do such a thing? And the Talmud offers two answers to this question. The first answer is that according to the biblical law given to us by Moses in the Torah, the Shemitah resting every, the land resting every seventh year, counting six, working six years, and then the seventh year is a Shemitah year, it only applies when majority of the Jew, Jews in the world live in the land of Israel. Most Jews in the world have not lived in the land of Israel since the exile of the ten tribes by the Assyrian king Sanherib about 700 years after they entered the land, or 2,600 years ago, about 600 BCE. So it was only the first 700 years of Judaism that the law of Shemitah actually applied. Once after the Jews were exiled, and most Jews no longer lived in the land of Israel, the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism at the time, who, as we've mentioned in previous classes, have the right to enact laws and make rules for Judaism, they said we should continue even though the biblical law, the law from Moses, no longer requires us to keep the Shemitah to rest every seven years, However, we should continue to do so as what we call rabbinic law. So we continue to let the land rest every seven years as a rabbinic enactment. In the same way, the absolving of loans at the end of the, of the Shemitah year is no longer a biblical requirement once most Jews no longer live in the land of Israel, which has been true, as we said, for about 2,600 years. We still allow loans to be absolved as a rabbinic enactment enacted by the Sanhedrin at the time. And so it's really the fact that loans are absolved today is not God's command. It's a rule made by the Sanhedrin, by the Supreme Council of Judaism, which those rules, by the way, made by the Supreme Council of Judaism, the Torah says, we all have to follow those rules. But the same Sanhedrin Supreme Council has the right to adjust their rules as they want. They made the rules. It's not God's rules. They made the rules. So they can change them. Now, when Hillel, in the days of Hillel, the Sanhedrin saw that, in the days of Hillel, the Sanhedrin saw that uh, people were not lending money, and the loan market was freezing up, and people who needed loans couldn't get loans before the Shemitah year, they realized that their law that they made this rabbinic enactment to continue allowing loans to be absolved every seven years wasn't working. 
So instead of saying just throw the whole commandment out, the whole rabbinic rule out, they said what we're going to do is we're going to allow you to take advantage of the biblical loophole. So the rule will still stand that every seven years the, law, the um, loans are absolved. However, you could take advantage of the biblical loophole, get, doing the prusbal, giving your loans over to a court, making them public, then collecting them. And that way, even though we don't actually keep the rule, because we collect our loans, at least we remember the rule. At least it reminds us of the rule, because we have to go through the process of handing our loans over to the court. So since we have to go through our process, at least it gives us kind of a memory of the rule. But the truth is, according to this view of the Talmud, the whole rule for the last 2,600 years is only a rabbinic enactment. And therefore the sages said, you don't have to do it. You could, do, you could use, take advantage of the loophole. It's not God's rule anyway. Any questions? Yes, Carol. I'll get to the practical rules soon. I'll get to the practical rules. Okay. So that's one answer that Talmud gives as to how the sages can avoid the biblical rule. It's not a biblical rule because the biblical rule only applied when most Jews lived in the land of Israel. Now it was only a rabbinic enactment by the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin can make loopholes to their own enactment as they see fit. And the reason why they did that instead of just reversing the whole rule is because they didn't want us to forget the rule. So they made us go through this extra step. Yes, sir. So, this is all... The details of how it applies today, I'm going to get to. If your question is how it applies today, I'm going to get to that. No, I was just going to ask. So, that's one opinion. That's one explanation of the Talmud. There's a second answer of the Talmud. The second answer of the Talmud is that, indeed, the Shemitah rule still applies today. There is still a biblical law today requiring all loans to be absolved and requiring us to rest in the seventh year, rest the land in the seventh year. It is indeed a biblical law. And this biblical law continues to apply even when most Jews no longer live in the land of Israel. Well, the Jubilee year doesn't apply without most Jews in the land of Israel, but the Shemitah year continues to be observed to be a commandment even when most Jews don't live in the land of Israel. And so therefore there remain, according to the second answer, there remains a biblical law, law of God, that were commandment that we must allow our loans to be absolved in the seven, at the end of the seventh year. All loans are automatically absolved. It is a biblical law. It is not a law made by the Sanhedrin. It still applies today. However, says the Talmud, according to this answer, this is a, normally the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism, does not have the right, they have the right to make laws, but not to cancel or change any of God's laws. They can make their own laws. They made a rule called Hanukkah, festival of Hanukkah, and they made the festival of Purim, and they made, um, they made a mitzvah to wash our hands before eating, and they made many, like candles before Shabbat and holidays, they, we have many rabbinic laws. They have the right to make laws, but they don't generally have the right to change or cancel a biblical law. However, when it comes to financial-related commandments, mitzvahs that involve money, money-related mitzvahs, 
over there, God gave the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism, almost a free hand to enact almost any law they deem is necessary. So while generally they don't need to, generally the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism, don't have the right to change any of God's laws. However, when it comes to money-related laws, they have much greater powers to avoid God's laws. Why? So the Talmud explains, we have a principle called, in Hebrew, hefker bedin hefker. Essentially, the courts, as the eminent domain, the government, has the right to make rules to take money from people, give money to people, transfer money as they see it necessary. So any community, any government has the right to enact fair laws, and there's limits, it has to be fair, and it has to be reasonable, but fair laws that involve taking money from one person and giving money to somebody else, or changing who has what right to money, and the Torah gives the governments, and for that matter, the Sanhedrin Supreme Council of Judaism, so long as it's fair and equal, almost unlimited rights to um, change money laws as they feel deemed necessary. The law of, of absolving loans is a law that involves money, the, that the money is absolved, the loan is absolved. So since it's a money law, says the Talmud, therefore the Sanhedrin had the right to overrule this biblical law when they felt it necessary in order to avoid the loan market freezing up before the Shemitah year. So based on this principle, our sages could have avoided the law entirely. They didn't want to remove a biblical law. So instead they said, take advantage of the biblical loophole that God allowed for, which is hand your loans over to the court, make them now public, and let the court then designate you as the designated collector of those loans, and now you can collect the loans taking advantage of the loophole. Normally the Sanhedrin Supreme Council does not have the right to avoid, to, to cancel or change a biblical law, but in financial rules, in financial commandments, when it involves money, the Sanhedrin, or for that matter, any government, has much, much greater leeway in making rules regarding money because of an eminent domain, or in Hebrew, hefker, bezden, hefker. Yes? Do these laws apply to just Jews or Jews and non-Jews? This is a mitzvah for Jews, for Jews lending Jews money. So these are two rules. According to the first answer of the Talmud, the rule of the Shemitah year is only a rabbinic law today. It's not even a biblical law. According to the second answer, it remains a biblical law. Whether it's rabbinic law or biblical law has other implications, and we don't have a definitive answer as to whether it's a biblical law or rabbinic law today. Um, there are, have been sages that have, or rabbis who have taken both views over the years, um, so we don't have a definitive answer, but regardless, we still do the the Rebbe suggested an even deeper explanation as to why the sages felt it was okay to use the prusbal loophole to get around the Torah's commandments. The Torah has two commandments with regard to absolving loans. The first commandment is 
to absolve the loan and not demand payment from the borrower after the loan is absolved. That's one commandment. The Torah then continues with a further commandment. Do not hesitate to lend money before the Shemitah year out of fear that the loan will be absolved. So there's two commandments. One is, absolve the loan, don't collect on it. Second commandment, don't hesitate to lend money because you know the loan will be absolved. Two commandments. The ideal would be that people should fulfill both commandments. Lend money without fear of the loan being absolved, and then absolve the loan when the seventh year comes. That's the ideal. However, in the days of Hillel, people were struggling to keep both commandments because they were not lending, because they were afraid that the loan would be absolved. So they were, they were transgressing that second commandment of do not hesitate to lend. So the Sanhedrin now have a problem. People are not following the commandment. They're breaking the commandment. What do you do? How do you get people to fulfill the commandment? They said, well, in order to get people to fulfill God's commandment, what we'll do is we'll take advantage of the legal loophole. By using the legal loophole, people can observe both commandments. By allowing people to use the loophole of Prusbol to hand their their loans over to the public and then be allowed to collect. Now they're not breaking the law of absolve your loans because these loans don't get absolved. And they're not breaking the law of don't hesitate to lend money before the end of the seventh year because they have no reason to hesitate. So in order, the way to get people to fulfill both commandments is by using this loophole. Yes, it effectively avoids the commandment of absolving loans, but that's the only way to get people to fulfill the other commandment of um, do not hesitate to collect. Well, the Rebbe then takes this a step further. The Rebbe said that the God in his great wisdom gave the Torah well aware that there will come a time that people will stop lending because they're afraid of the loans being absolved and they're going to break that second commandment. And therefore, God placed this loophole into the commandment. He allowed for this loophole knowingly. It's not just that today the, the government makes laws, Congress passes laws, and then these smart lawyers sit and study the law, the tax lawyers sit and study the laws, and they find all the ways to get around it. And they have uh, experts, I know someone in this community who does this, who whenever a law comes out, locks himself up for a few days and, and studies the law and figures out all the ways around all the new taxes that were enacted. So, and then they publish it, and then everybody else uses the same loopholes, and then until they have to create new laws to close those loopholes as well. But Hashem, God, when He created a law with loopholes, He knows the loopholes already. They were made purposely. So Hashem created this loophole because He knew there would come a time when people would be afraid to lend money and they would be afraid, and therefore they would be breaking the second law of do not hesitate to lend money before the Shemitah year, because your loans will be absolved. And so therefore he put the loophole in place so that when that time comes, the Sanhedrin can then allow people to take advantage of the loophole in order that they shouldn't break the law of hesitating to lend money. So, therefore, today, getting to today, because everyone's been asking, um, today, 
loans are absolved at the very end of the Shemitah year, which is today. Today is the day that loans are absolved. At sundown today, any loans that, you, that someone owes you, a fellow Jew owns, owes you, is absolved. Now, to be clear, that is only loans that are already due. It is only for loans, not if someone owes you money because you bought them something or you sold them something or you didn't or rent or rent or something like that. Only loans, money that was lent to you. So you lend money to someone and the, it's already due the loan and they didn't pay back, the loans will be absolved tonight at sundown. Um, and again, also doesn't include loans that are secured, like a mortgage that is secured with a house or a lien, has a lien for it. Most major loans today are secured, so it's only uns unsecured loans. So those loans will be absolved today at sundown, and therefore a prusbal should be done. There's a debate. Most of the opinions say that the prusbal should be done today, the last day of the Shemitah year, the Alter Rebbe, um, the author of the Shulchan Aruch Harav, is of the view that it should have been done a year ago at the beginning of the Shemitah year. And therefore the custom is actually to do it twice. Once last year, before the Shemitah year begins, and once today, when it ends. But the main time to do it generally is today, the day the Shemitah year ends. Now, how do you do it? So Jewish law essentially allows you to create an ad hoc court. In Jewish law, there's different types of courts. There can be officially appointed courts, community appointed courts. But then there are also courts that are um, ad hoc courts. You can call any three people, any three Jewish men can serve on a court and say, you'll, be a, you'll become a court, you'll become a Bethdin today. And you, all you have to do is stand in front of them, or you could do this in writing, and simply declare, I give you all my loans on behalf of the community, and you allow me to collect them any time that I wish. And so the custom is that everyone, or at least heads of households, um, you only have to do one per household, um, do the prusbal. And today we do the prusbal even if you don't actually have loans that you lent people money. Not all of us are in the money lending business. And not all of us may have lent people money that is already due. Even if you don't, the custom is that everyone does the prosbol just in case maybe there's a loan that you forgot about, you should do it anyway. The common way it's done is, since today is the day before Rosh Hashanah, and the day before Rosh Hashanah we also have a custom to annul vows. We call a Bethdin a court of three people, an ad hoc court, um, and we ask them to annul our vows. And so after asking them to annul your vows, you use the same court to simply make a prosbul. And this morning, after morning services, we did that. We did, and we asked, we had a court sit down, and we asked them to annul any vows that we may have made. And uh, we also asked them to absolve, um, to, we also asked them to take control of our loans so that we can then, and then give us the right to collect those loans. Once that statement is made, the loans are now public property. The lender um, has now given permission to the court, uh, has now been, sorry, the lender, the loans now belong to the court. The court now gave the lender permission to collect them. The lender can now collect the loans as they wish. So you can today go online. If you go to our website, jccmb.com forward slash prusbul, which is spelled P-R-U-Z-B-U-L. 
jccmb.com forward slash prusbul, P-R-U-Z-B-U-L. You will have a form over there you can fill out to designate a court to um, take control of your loans and then allow you to collect them. Yes, yes, Victor. You got a question? No. Any other questions? Excellent. So one question remains, though. You have a question? Well, no. We do this. We do a, an annulment of vows at cold too. That's an excellent question. We'll talk about. Let's talk about it afterwards. Annulment of vows. So one question remains, which is, if God knew that we would struggle to fulfill the two commandments, on the one hand, he commanded us to absolve loans at the end of the Shemitah, at the end of the Shemitah year. On the other hand, he commanded us, don't hesitate to lend before absolving loans. And God knew, as we explained, that we will one day not be able to keep both of those laws. People will hesitate to lend because they'll know they'll lose their money. And even though God commanded us not to, people won't listen to that commandment. And so therefore the Sanhedrin will have to tell us to take advantage of the legal loophole, the prusbol, to hand our loans over to the public to allow us to collect them. So why then did God give us these commandments to start with? He knew we wouldn't be able to fulfill them to the point that he gave us a loophole, knowing that we would eventually take advantage of the loophole, and we've been doing that for the last 2,000 years, for most of Jewish history. So why did he give us the commandment of absolving loans to start with? So we can see that the absolving loans itself every seven years has a great value. It firstly, of course, helps the poor emerge from a, death, from a, from a, um, from a loan trap. It's called the um, loan trap is where a person borrows money and then they start paying interest and then they start paying more and they can't, they can't get out of their loans. They keep borrowing and borrowing and they keep sinking deeper and deeper into debt. Judaism doesn't allow you to charge interest. It's a different law. We did a class on it a little while back. Um, but still people get stuck in debt. So God allowed us to absolve loans. That's a beautiful thing. But what value, and also as we explained, it also teaches us to rely on Hashem, to recognize that the money that we make is not our own doing, but is from Hashem. And if Hashem says he'll pay us back, don't worry, trust in him. But what value is there of giving us these commandments if we're not able to fulfill them? To the point that the sages will say that we should take advantage of the loophole that he gave us. And we've been doing that for most of Jewish history. So what value is they giving us a commandment of loans being absolved and then putting a loophole in there knowing that we're going to use this loophole and knowing that we're not going to actually follow the commandment? What is the value of the commandment? So the Rebbe asked this question and the Rebbe explained that the absolving of loans is not just for us but for God. In Psalms we say, Magid dvarav Yaakov chukav mishpatav Yisrael. He tells his words to Jacob, his laws he gives Israel. And our sages explain that means that God gives us the laws that he himself follows. And many times the Talmud points out that God himself follows the laws that he gives us. In his own way, of course, he's not human. 
so we cannot follow it in our way. But Hashem, in His own way, keeps the same commandments that He gives to us. So Hashem gave us the commandment of absolving loans because He needs to fulfill that commandment Himself. Why is that? And so, in Ethics of Our Fathers, we say that God is like a bookkeeper, like a banker. And we need different things, and we ask him for things, and he gives us things. But he expects us to pay him back. How do we pay him back? We pay him back through following his commandments. We need a pay-in, and then he pays us a two-way street. We pay, we follow his commandments, and he gives us what we need. But sometimes we fall into debt. How do we fall into debt? Because he gives us what we need and we fail to follow his commandments. So we fall into debt. And sometimes we fall deeper into debt and deeper into debt and deeper into debt. And then one day God comes to us and he wants, to pay, he wants us to pay up. He says, I'm going to take all those things I've given you away because you're not following my commandments. You're not keeping your part of the bargain. You owe me a lot. I'm going to take it all away from you. We don't want him to do that. So Hashem says, I have a special commandment. It's called absolving loans. Every seven years I absolve all your loans, all debts that you owe me, because I gave you a lot, but you didn't follow my rules. I'm going to absolve them all for you. I'm going to give you a commandment also to absolve the loans of your fellow Jews, because that's my commandment. And I, in turn, will absolve the laws for you. Now, Hashem, knowing that we can't actually keep this commandment, it would be very difficult. Hashem said, I'll give you a loophole. I'll give you a way around it. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know it's a difficult commandment. I'll give you a way around this commandment. And he did. He gave us a loophole that we take advantage of, of doing what we call the prosbol. But God himself doesn't need the legal loophole. He doesn't do the prosbol. He doesn't need the legal workaround. So therefore, every seven years at the end of the Shemitah year, God absolves all our debts and gives us a clean slate to start anew. So today is the last day of the Jewish year, and it is the last day of the Shemitah cycle, of the seven-year cycle. Today, all loans get absolved. We use the workaround of the Prusbal, which after the class, go to jccmb.com forward slash Prusbal, P-R-U-Z-B-U-L, um, and do the Prusbal, please. But we are going to take advantage of that, but he himself doesn't. And he, at the end of the day today, is going to absolve all of our loans. And he's going to give us a totally new clean slate. Start again from scratch. So this is the day. Today is the day, or tonight, is when we're going to start from a totally new clean slate. So it's the time to make sure we have a whole new opportunity. We could start again from scratch. Everything, whatever happens, God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to let it go. Starting tonight, you start again. But take advantage. Don't fall into debt again. You don't want to fall back into debt. So starting tonight with Rosh Hashanah, make sure you make an extra effort to follow God's commandments and to study His Torah. And that way He will give us what we need. And that way we won't fall into debt anymore. And we don't have to worry about what happened in the past because just as we absolve loans, He follows the same commandment too. And He absolves loans as well.